Uh, Jeremiah 29, 11 uh, reads like this. Let me just read it to you and then ask you a, a couple of questions. Uh, it says this, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Uh, how many have heard that verse before? Quite a few, right? Pretty popular verse. Uh, most people really like that verse. Uh, it's a pretty popular verse to, um, I don't know, hang up on a wall or uh, write in a, 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 in a baptism card or in a, in a confirmation card or, or even to write in like a wedding card. Um, and so we'll kind of talk about that as we go along. Um, what we want to do this morning is kind of just uh, look at 2911 from a, from a surface level kind of perspective, and then we're just going to like... Uh, metaphor, right? But we're going to kind of shove a, a, a shovel into the dirt of 2911 and just kind of start to turn things over a little bit. Uh, because I believe what happens is as we dig down into 2911, um, we'll find that, uh, that the good becomes even better. Uh, I think the good becomes even better. And, um, and, and 2911 also, the, the good ends up being a, a little bit challenging uh, for us as well. So, so we'll kind of get there as we, uh, as we dig into uh, chapter 29, verse 11. Uh, go ahead and put up the first one there, Hugh. Um, pretty easy at the surface level, right? Uh, we can open this up and just kind of look at it and understand God's making promises. And, uh, and who uh, wouldn't want that, right? We like a God who makes promises to people. Um, the, the promise is really just a, a plan, right? But, uh, but here we see that God is making promises, and if, if we're uh, kind of looking at it, right, these are good promises. These are not promises to do something bad. These are promises to do something good. And so we get excited about 2911. It gives us all kinds of uh, expectation and hope for the future, yeah, 2911. 11. Go ahead and go to the next one, right? What we, what we see as we begin to stick the shovel into the ground of 29.11 is um, we, we see that God is making big, bold promises here. It's really just one big, bold promise, right? That we see a God who's promising. He says, I have plans, right? And then those plans have like two sub kind of bullet points to it. Um, uh, I have plans to bring you peace. Uh, in the ESV uh, translation, it says the word welfare, uh, I don't really think that that's a good translation, honestly. We should just use the word peace. It's the Hebrew word shalom. And so one thing that we can do is just kind of uh, think about the definitions or the explanation of these words. Uh, peace is a word that means, obviously means you know, lack of conflict or lack of war. Um, but but it, it also means a, a sense of wholeness, right? A, a sense of satisfaction in both your heart and in your mind, who wouldn't want a God to make you a promise of peace? This is something that we love and we, and we cherish when we hear a God make this promise that, that I'm planning to give you peace, right? Um, we also see a God here who, who's planning to, to give you a future or, or a hope, right? We've talked before about how hope is, is more than just a vague wish, right? When you blow out the birthday candles, that's kind of a vague wish, right, for something. But um, hope is a certainty, right, a certainty that something better is going to come, uh, a certainty that, that something better lies in your future, and so God is coming uh, to, to you and he's saying, look, I'm making you a promise and that promise is that I have plans to give you a better future, a better hope. It's something that we love to hear and we love to consider. So, um, so, so as we begin to, sh uh, to shovel into the dirt of 2911, it just gets uh, more and more rich for us as we, as we think about these promises that God is making to us. 
Now, um, as we kind of uh, begin to dig even further down, um, what we see, go ahead and go to the next one, is that, that God is making promises to people that, that have desperate need. He, he is speaking uh, to, to people who, who desperately need to hear these kinds of promises from God, uh, which is really cool because uh, sometimes we have very needy seasons in life. Anybody in a kind of needy season of life? Sometimes we have desperately needy seasons. Um, and so all of a sudden, uh, it takes on a, a kind of a different depth of richness for us, even a different level and, and, and richness of encouragement for us. As we think about the different valleys that we face, as we think about those seasons of desperate need, and a God who comes and speaks into those seasons of desperate need, a God who comes and makes promises in those seasons of desperate need. Um, the, the context of this, uh, kind of just historically, uh, Jeremiah chapter 29 is written late in the life and ministry of Jeremiah. And so what's happened is the nation of Babylon has already come up against the city of Jerusalem and, uh, and done some damage. Uh, they've destroyed parts of the city and they've taken the best and brightest of the people of God and taken them to far off Babylon. Now that means that, uh, that these people, right, um, who, who were cozy and comfortable are no longer cozy and comfortable. Uh, it means that these people who had deep family relationships and deep friendships, uh, their families got ripped apart and, and their, fam, uh, their, their friendships are, have, been, have been cut off. Uh, it means that, uh, that everything that they sort of knew and, uh, and their, their daily routines are completely now unfamiliar and, and changed. This is a season of desperate need for these people. And God comes along and says, hey, I'm going to make you a promise that I am planning to give you peace. And just see this, they haven't had peace for quite a while. Um, they've experienced the worst kind of conflict, war. And, uh, and God comes and says, I'm, I'm going to give you peace. Um, they have no sense of wholeness, no sense of, of satisfaction in heart and mind. And God says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you a plan. I'm gonna, I have a plan to give you peace. Um, they, they have no future. As they're looking at their lives, right? Have you ever been in that place where, where you kind of had like a, a future planned out, right? You had a dream of what your future would look like, Yeah. And then all of a sudden something happens and you realize your plan for the future and your dream for the future is just completely destroyed. That's what the people of God are facing here. And God comes and says, hey, I have a plan to give you a future, even though you can't see it. And, and, and these people have, have no hope. right? They're just living in this brokenness and they're living with... Um, uh, with, with, with all the difficulty, and they're kind of wallowing in that. And God comes along and says, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a certainty that something better is going to come, that, that you have so much to look forward to in your life. Jeremiah 20, 11, 29, 11 is just, uh, I, I kind of like to talk about it like this, right? It's, it's not written to the person in the optimistic situation, it's written to the person in the pessimistic situation. 
uh, which means uh, it's not necessarily written to uh, the kiddos that just got baptized and we have all kinds of, you know, like good feelings about what's going to happen in their life. It's not written for the confirmation student that stands up and says yes to Jesus. It's not even written really for the, for, for the, the couple that's getting married. It's written for the person that's in the valley. It's written for the person that has desperate need. And God comes along and says, I'm making you a promise that I have plans to give you peace, to give you a future, to give you a hope. Super powerful. Uh, go ahead and go to the next one there, Hugh. Um, 2911, um, you is, is not what you think. <laughs> Um, just, just read this again, right? We usually uh, read this in a very personal way. Um, I'm going to misread this, and then I'm going to read it uh, kind of as Jeremiah wrote it. Um, we usually read it like this. For I know the plans that I have for David, Prill, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil to give David Prill a future and a hope. You is not what you think. We've talked about this, how you is actually uh, almost always a plural you. Um, it's almost always you all. Uh, it's the community. It's the gathering of people. It's not so much me as an individual, right? So, so it really should be read like this. For I know the plans that I have for you all, right? For, for this, this people, for, for this gathering. Uh, Jeremiah 29 is written to the exiles that have been taken away from Jerusalem and now they're living in Babylon. So it's written for hundreds of people or thousands of people, not one person, um, which just uh, for me is a little bit challenging. I'm sure I'm the only one in the room, but I tend to uh, sort of live in a space where I'm mostly focused on me and not so much on us. I'm the only one in the room, right? That, that was supposed to be a joke. <clears throat> no, I, I am the only one in the room? Yeah, Bob, no, okay, good. Um, I, I tend to live in this space, right, where I'm mostly focused on me and not so much on us. And so 2911, uh, yes, fills me with all kinds of hope for the future, but, but it also kind of challenges me to live in a space that's less about me and more about us. Uh, God almost always is interested in us and not so much in just me as an individual. He, don't take that wrong. He loves me as an individual. We see all kinds of places in Scripture about that. But it's so clear over and over again in Scripture that God desires what's good for us. And so this, this, this kind of challenges me again to get out of that space where it's about me and it's more about us. And us might be me and my wife, Krista. It might be me and Krista and Noah and Zeke and Simon. Uh, it might be me and the congregation. It might be me and my staff. But it, it's about us and not so much about me. So, so this is a, a little bit challenging to me because you in 2911 is not what you think. Um, it's a plural you. It's us as a community, us as a gathering, us as a church. Super powerful when we kind of move it to that space. Uh, let's go to the next one, uh, 2911. As we keep uh, uh, shovel, shoveling into the ground and, and begin to turn the dirt over a little bit, um, God is making a promise. We got to see this. God's making a promise for the future down the road, which means it's not going to be immediate, which means that we probably have to W A I T. And we probably are going to have to have some P-A-T-I-E-N-C-E. 
Anytime, uh, did you guys do that uh, with your kids, right? When you didn't like, when you wanted to say something around your kids, but you didn't want your kids to know what they were saying, you'd spell it, right? That doesn't work in my house anymore because <laughs> uh, Noah and Zeke are such good readers and spellers. They're like, we know what you said, right? But uh, just see this, right? Uh, if we back up one verse and we look at 29.10, then, then all of a sudden we can see that, that, that there's, this is kind of interesting, right? It's not about like me having an immediate, you know, success. Uh, this is not about me being immediately um, uh, having a huge bank account or being super happy with my life. Uh, this is something where God is making a promise for down the road, for, for, for the family, for them, and not even necessarily for me to experience. Uh, let's just kind of back up one verse and read 29.10. For thus says the Lord, when 70 years are completed for Babylon. 70 years. Uh, now, most of you are thinking, well, that's a long time. Uh, for them, it's a lifetime, right? For us, we usually talk about a lifetime as like maybe 90, 100 years. For them, it's 70 years. This is a lifetime. Um, let me just give a, a little example so you get a flavor for maybe how they're going to be hearing this. Uh, this would be like God coming to my family, or, or at least to me and Noah and, and Simon and Zeke, and, uh, and God would make us a really big, bold promise, which you all understand is going to be really exciting to my heart, right? God, God comes to, to me and my boys and says, Dave, I'm going to make you a big, bold promise that the White Sox are going to win the World Series. Hallelujah, right? My heart begins to rejoice. I am filled with all kinds of excitement, and, uh, and, and, I'm, and I'm ready to tell the world and then all of a sudden, uh, in the very next breath, God, God says, uh, the White Sox, David, are going to win the World Series in a hundred years. Um, in other words, the White Sox are, <laughs> yeah, are going to win the World Series after you're dead, <laughs> is what the promise kind of is. And this, so this is kind of what God is saying to them. He's saying, look, He's saying, look, this is going to be so good for you in the future. I'm making big plans for you to have peace. I'm making big plans for you, plural, right, the community, to, to have a future and a hope. But you need to know it's really about them, and it's not so much about you in the immediate right now. Um, and so that means that they're going to have to sort of act and live in trust, and they're going to have to wait for God to do his work, and they're going to have to um, be patient to see God's moving in the world. Um, God's making a promise for the future down the road, which means it's not going to be an immediate fulfillment. Um, let's go to the next one there, Hugh. Um, my plans versus God's plans. Any of you ever uh, kind of butt heads with God's plans a little bit? Um, yeah, you're lying, those of you who are shaking your head, um, right? We, we uh, so often just jump straight to this place where something's happening in life and we just want to fix it and we try to make our plans, right? And, and 29, uh, chapter 29 here is, is so much about God has a plan for what he wants you to do and he's inviting the people to align with those plans, so, so remember, right, these are folks that have lost everything. They've been taken away from Jerusalem, and now they're in the land of Babylon. And do and, and you know what the first thing is that they want to do when they get to Babylon? They want to go back home. They, they want to go back to what was cozy, 
what was comfortable, what was familiar. Uh, they want to go back and rebuild their precious city and their precious livelihood that they had. They want to go back to where they, where they were. And, and God is saying really clearly in 29, if we would read the rest of it, God is saying, look, I want you to stay where you are because where you are is where I have you. I want you to stay and I want you to engage the community around you. I want you to invest in the people around you. Um, I want you to be involved right where you are. And, uh, and, and so they're going to have to wrestle with that as a community, as a group of people. And they're going to have to say, okay, this is God's plan for us. Are we going to keep doing what we want to do and try to go back? Or are we going to line up with, with God's plan and God's desire? And that's going to be a wrestling point in their hearts, just like it is in my heart, and I'm guessing probably in your heart as well. Uh, God desires for them to stay and invest and engage right where they are. That's his plan for them. Uh, last one, I think. Um, <clears throat> 2911 is really all about a, a deeply personal God. We've just got to see this, and, and this is something so much to celebrate, right? If we, if we just kind of go back to verse 10, for thus says the Lord, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I, God, will visit you. And I, God, will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. For I, God, know the plans that I have for you. Um, <laughs> this is all about a deeply personal God who's engaged and invested in you. And that means you all. See, you're all confused now. It means you all, but it also means you as an individual because you are deeply and passionately loved by God. And he is engaged and involved. He's not, it's not just like this, this vague, like, hey, things are going to work out for you. It's not like this, if you do this, then things will be. No, this is God saying, I'm going to come and get involved and I'm going to be engaged and I'm going to do this. I've got plans. I'm going to make those plans work. Uh, it's, it's kind of funny that Kristen uh, was talking about setting up for Christmas. How many of you were thinking that breaks all the rules you're not supposed to set up before Thanksgiving? Yep, I was thinking that too, Shaney. Thank you very much. In fact, I scolded her and Lisa uh, afterwards and said, you are not supposed to do that. But it's kind of cool, actually, because, uh, because this really begins, I mean, this is about Emmanuel, right? This is about a God who chooses to be with us and gets engaged and involved in your life and comes and he says, look, I want to, I, I am going to give you peace. That sense of wholeness and satisfaction that you've never had before. I'm going to give you a future. I'm going to give you a hope, unlike any other hope that the world has to offer. This is a deeply personal God who gets involved and engaged and comes to you with incredible promises. Amen? Amen. Let's, uh, let's pray. Uh, Jesus, we, uh, we thank you so much for, for your work. Um, uh, we, we thank you for um, the, the different ways that your word speaks to us. Uh, we thank you for the depth of your word. Um, we, we thank you that you are involved and engaged. We thank you that you, uh, you take the focus off of us, 
uh, off of me, that is, and, and you put, put it back on us as a community. Uh, we thank you that you would speak these bold promises to us in our deepest hours of need. And we just thank you that, uh, that you are so loving and so capable. Uh, you are capable of, of doing all uh, that you have promised to do. And so regardless of our uh, circumstance, regardless of what you're um, putting on our heart, uh, we just come before you with open arms, uh, thanking you that you would speak to us uh, and that you would have these types of plans for each one of us. In the name of Jesus, all God's people said, amen.